models, lyricists, athletes, DJs. This is not performance. Entrepreneurs, doctors, authors, chefs. These are not professions, teachers, speakers, leaders. This is not programming. This is purpose. This is the Blaze the Lion podcast, a purpose-driven community of powerful lions walking in their purpose, on purpose. One, two, this is the Blaze the Lion podcast. I am your host, Blaze, Blaze the Lion, Blaze Doctari. Uh-huh. I want to say thank you all for rocking with the movement, for being apart from just riding with the journey of this podcast. We are in year three, and man, we've seen so much, we've spoken about so much, we've had a plethora of different guests, and we are still moving, we are still going. Indeed, we are streaming on all your major platforms, on your Spotify, your Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and so forth. If you are loving the movement and you want to be a part of the movement, we will take your money. We will take all of your money. Truly, we will. You can go to anchor.fm slash blaze the lion, support, and you can donate from $1 to $5 to $10 and become a monthly contributor to the Blaze Alliance podcast. Maybe your company, maybe you're looking for branding, just a new direction. You need help with the overall look and direction of your business, of your aspiring business. Look no further. Go to starchildsocial.com for all of your needs and tell them that Blaze sent you. Now, for today's guest, uh-huh, this is someone who has inspired me to make a change, someone who has pushed me to look at the mirror, to look at the man in the mirror, and to elevate. This is someone who, man, I've watched her journey, and it's given me courage. It's given me boldness. It's reminded me to walk in my purpose. And I say that a lot, right? How to walk in your purpose, how to blaze your purpose. But this truest person truly inspired me to dig deeper. This is someone who has an amazing story and has helped several. Even when she goes to the nail salon to get her nails done, she's still making a difference. She's impacting lives everywhere she goes. There is no safe space. (laughs) I am proud to introduce today's guest. Uh, You may know her as Sober in Central Park. Welcome, Rachel, to the pod. Thank you so much for having me. That was such an introduction. I don't think I've ever had a podcast introduction like that. So I'm, I'm happy. Listen, <laughs> we can take this on the road. I got you. <laughs> Welcome to the pod. So I gave my brief introduction about you, but for those who may not know, share a little bit about yourself. So um, I'm almost three years sober, which is crazy to say. I, I mean, it, it seems like yesterday I was like, staring at my day count on day nine, being like, is this thing going to move any faster? (laughs) Um, And yeah, I I stopped drinking in January of 2021. 
And I did not plan for it to be forever, like not at all. I thought it was just going to be 30 days for January. And um, I, I ended up not ever drinking again. Uh, but as so many of us do, I think when we get sober, uh, I realized, oh my, oh my gosh, does everyone know about this cheat code for life? Like, it, like, is this a secret that's being kept? Like, let me try to scream it from the mountaintops because I can't believe how good I feel. I can't believe that, like, how did I not know about this earlier? How come, how come no one told me? I mean, people probably did tell me, but I didn't want to hear it. Yeah. Uh, so like so many of us, I've now totally dove into <laughs> recovery as someone accused me the other day, I might be addicted to recovery. I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> um, yeah. And now I, you know, I share my alcohol free life um, on Instagram and I keep it really real. You know, not every day is going to be amazing. You yeah. know, every day though, in sobriety does not suck. I will tell you, you know, it's way better than my best days when I was drinking. But, um, you know, I'm finding community on Instagram, made all these new friends. Now I work as a, as a sober life coach and I help people achieve what I did and, mm. and really use, you know, like the power of, of manifesting and the power of our mind and how we talk to ourselves and all of these like, quote unquote, woo woo things. I always have to say woo woo. I'm from New York city. You can't just no, say that to a New Yorker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're talking to a random New Yorker though, and I just start talking about abundance and manifesting and perp they're, they're looking at me like, are you from California? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but, you know, really leaning into these things and, you know, living in alignment and living your purpose. And these are things I never, ever thought that I would find for myself. I didn't know what they were. I didn't know how to find them. And it turns out the drinking that I did because I was so miserable and it was so out of alignment. Once I stopped doing that, everything kind of just like lined up, mm -hmm. <laughs> it became a lot more clear. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, you know, if I can help even just one person, that was my goal, uh, you know, then it would be worth it. And uh, yeah, as you said, in the nail salon, you know, this morning, I just had to pop in for something really quick and there was no one in there and someone walked in and I was just kind of sitting there like, I don't know, I was a little tired, just in my own world. And she turns to me and she asked me if if I was sober in Central Park and and. I, I was like, I am, you know, and she's like, well, you, you, you are the reason I stopped drinking. And I just like the biggest smile came over my, me the best. It's mm. like nothing beats that feeling of yeah. talking to somebody that she's a year sober now. And she said her husband mm. six months. So wow. the ripple effects, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh man. I love it. I love it. So let's, let's dive a little deeper into it. Um, as myself, I am also sober, not in Central Park, um, <laughs> sober in Miami over here. And um, not all the time, but sometimes I'll have dreams that I'm at a party somewhere and I'm offered a drink or I'll, I'll have dreams um, that I'm drunk and I'm acting a fool when I'm having the time of my life. And then I'll wake up like, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not out. Yeah, I'm not at a party. Um, are there struggles? Do you do you miss sometimes drinking or do you have any dreams or anything like that? Uh, I, I remember the first dream I ever had that I got drunk. And I, rem I used to, and I have very vivid dreams, but I woke up 
in a panic. Like, mm. oh my God, did I just throw everything away? Like, mm. did I do that? And I, I remember setting up and like free, freaking out for a few seconds and then being like, oh my God, thank God. Like literally think, saying out loud, like, thank God that wasn't real. Mm. Um, but I don't really have them that often. To be honest, most of my dreams. Most of my dreams are about the end of the world and the apocalypse. Huh. I don't, they've always been like that. Yeah, it's great, right? I'm, I'm, I'm like running for my life, trying to get people to come with me, trying to hide in a weird building. Like that's how they all are. Oh, wow. So, you know, maybe the drinking just is like, it's like the end of the world's on fire. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I listen, I made my account on Instagram because I, I knew if I didn't throw myself into sobriety and I didn't throw myself into this and hold myself accountable publicly, that I was I was scared that I would miss it or that I would have, like slip up. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went from like, you know, this the quintessential party girl. Like I was the party. Like that's all I cared about. I'm pretty sure most people, if you thought if they thought of me, that's the first thing they would think of. So I'm ADHD. I don't have a medium dial. It's just zero to a hundred. So then I became the sober girl. (laughs) So, you know, it's been almost three years and, uh, you know, very, very rarely will I see people on the, in the New York city sidewalk, you know, sitting outside, having a glass of rosé and maybe it'd be like, that does look nice. Yeah. But the second I even see that, I just immediately think of the hangovers, the dread, the the anxiety. And and at least for me, like those things controlled my life to a point where I didn't live. Like I wasn't living life. Like I was literally just surviving, going through the motions, a shell of a human. Um, and I will never go back, after, mm-hmm. especially after these three years of of not drinking. Like there's mm-hmm. no way I could ever have one drink and think that like that. I, I, no. So no, I don't, I don't get tempted anymore. Yeah. Um, to go a little bit further, do you feel since being sober, um, do you feel that you're, and we can get, you know, the woo woo if you want, but, uh, <laughs> Do you feel that your spirituality, your your spiritual vision, um, are heightened, are increased? Do you see things in life and in people that you didn't see before? Yeah, I do. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I've always been really spiritual, though. I've always been like into some like I've always been a sci-fi nerd. To be honest, like I know that's not the same as being spiritual, but since I was a little kid, I've been obsessed with aliens. I've been obsessed with space. I've been obsessed with like, be honestly, I've had existential crises since I was like tiny. I don't know what was wrong with me, but I was always like, why are we on this planet, mom? Like, what are we doing? What's the point of life? And she's like, just go play in the playground. Like, <laughs> why are you do asking me this? Yeah. Um, but I've always been very existential. And I some I think actually before I got sober, it led me to drink more because I would mm-hmm. sit around and like, watch conspiracy theories on YouTube and like, be like aliens, why aren't you here helping me? <laughs> like be kind of like, um, out there. Mm. And then I got sober and I started saying affirmations to myself. That was the first thing I started doing. And at first I didn't believe them. My therapist made me start saying them. 
and I'd like stand there in the mirror and I'd cry. And I'd be like, you're, you're powerful. You're capable of greatness. <laughs> and I'd cry because I didn't believe it. Um, but then I slowly started believing them and my whole reality started transforming. Like things literally started just changing in front of my eyes. And then I started like manifesting almost in real time. Mm. And it sounds crazy still when I say it, but, um, it worked in so then i started leaning into it even more and i started listening to sleep frequencies all night when i'd go to bed mm -hmm. that was something i also started before i got sober i don't know what led me to that but i would put mm -hmm. on like frequencies to align your chakras frequencies to call in abundance and like every night no matter what those sleep frequencies are going on mm -hmm. and then i started making my gratitude list and talking to my spirit guides and talking trying to like talk to the universe and listen, maybe it's crazy. And maybe, maybe it doesn't, maybe it doesn't do anything, but I know it doesn't hurt. Okay. Yeah, I know it's yeah. not hurting me. And if, if you believe it, and I truly believe that we can create our own reality and we can create our own destiny and we, our thoughts have the power to shape what's in front of us. You know, like, have you ever seen those videos where the, like, someone has a glass of water and they say nice things to the water or yeah. they say bad things and then they like freeze it and, and it fractals out differently based on if you're saying positive things or negative things. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the power of like what we can say and what we do. So of course it's going to affect us too. And our yeah. bodies were made yeah. up of water. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways. So I started getting really into all of that stuff. And um, it was just in incredible to me that I was able to shift. I feel like I shifted timelines or I, I, I don't know how else to describe it because mm -hmm. the life that I had three years ago to now was totally unrecognizable for my life today. Mm -hmm. um, and I would have never been able to get here if I hadn't stopped drinking. Yeah. You know, I think alcohol keeps us in a lower vibrational state of, of consciousness oh, yeah. and it keeps us trapped in this like place. And, and if we want to keep going on any kind of spiritual journey, those spiritual gurus are not drinking hmm. right um so yeah i mean i also there's i i think why is it called spirits right yeah you know i think like it lets spirits into the body why do people do weird stuff when they're blacked out <laughs> there there i feel like there's so much blatant like <laughs> things out there that we don't even realize and it's like right in front of our face and we're so blinded and you know uh so like so distracted so like what's there and it's really right there you mm -hmm. know whether we choose to see it or not whether we're on that vibration to to see it or not um from even having from being you know you hang around with somebody right and you guys are totally different but you, you start hanging out and then all of a sudden you begin to pick up on their slang. And if they're like battling with like depression and they're always angry, you know, and that's not really you, but then all of a sudden anger out of nowhere start. So um, whether you want to say you, their spirits, they latch onto you, however you want to dis describe it, like it actually happens. Um, the things that we watch on TV, the music, and it's like, oh, well, this doesn't really affect me. Really? Like, if you date, if you like journal and you look back, it's like, oh. And I feel like the media and uh, just the world in general, I mean, 
things that it's so obvious, but they know that most people don't care or they just don't see it. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah, no, I used to watch a lot of TV before in the before days, uh, like a lot. And it was a way, I think it was also a way of numbing. You know, I oh, like yeah. to always say that when I'm talking about it, like I wasn't, it wasn't just alcohol. I was addicted to numbing myself mm -hmm. and it was just at the end it was just alcohol you know but um and then I got sober and I found myself ne I never watch tv like I have to force myself if I really need to just like relax for some or like zone out uh I force myself to try to watch something but most of the time if I put my tv on I'm watching like tarot my tarot readers on youtube that mm -hmm. I'm obsessed with like mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah very, very, very different. You you had said something that piqued my interest. Um, you said before you got sober, you used to go to sleep, right? With uh, the sleep meditations and the hypnosis and things like that. Um, I'm just interested into what prompted you while still drinking to get into that. And if you saw or felt any difference from listening to that while sleeping and drunk, right? Like intoxicated versus sober. Well, I mean, I still do this to this day. So I don't really remember three years ago, honestly, of the feeling of when I started it. I just know I, I did start it before I stopped drinking. Same with the affirmations, because I've always been on a spiritual journey. I've been yeah. on this spiritual journey a really long time. Yeah. Um, and I I think something was just calling me <laughs> to keep trying new things. Like mm -hmm. I had stopped for some reason, I stopped eating red meat like a few years before I got so maybe maybe six months before I got sober. Mm -hmm. And um you know, I, I don't really know what <laughs> led it to me, but I was still with my ex at the time. And I remember he was so annoyed that I would put it on and he wanted to like listen to rain or like something like, like have the white noise. And I was like putting on these like weird sleep frequencies. And he was like putting his ear plugs in and had his like sleep mask on. And I was like, I don't even care. I need this to raise my vibration. Mm -hmm. Um, I, maybe I just knew it was low and I, I was yeah. trying to do basically anything I could that involved where I could still drink. I did not want to quit drinking like mm -hmm. I at all. I loved it. It was my best friend. It was mm -hmm. one of the only constants in my life since I was like 14 years old. Mm -hmm. And I could not picture my life without alcohol in it, like at all. And I, but I knew I had to. That was yeah. the thing. Yeah. Yeah. What was the reaction from your your friends and family? Because I know when before I was sober, um, I was that friend that we would all hang out. And when I would have friends of mine who would say, hey, I don't drink, I'm sober, I would pressure them and say, yo, let's just have a drink anyway. You know, I didn't care about what journey that they were on. So again, I was the party guy and I found a reason to drink. I would bring alcohol to the movies. I'm a train. I've been in the fitness industry for years. So we would run a half marathon or do a boot camp. And then tradition, let's go to the bar and, you know, and just get drunk. And so it was also when I changed, it was like so drastic. So what was the reaction in your circle, your coworkers or, or your friends and family? 
Yeah, no, I mean, for the most, it was very all over the place, to be honest. I mean, my, my, my drinking friends that I had surrounded myself with at the time, you know, when I said I was doing my dry January, I had one friend who was literally counting down the days until January was over so he could have his drinking buddy back. Mm. And even in the middle of the month, I remember he turned, we had went out to dinner because mind you, it was COVID. So like okay. lockdown, I really think that made a big difference in my journey because if I, if I was trying to do it right now and there were all these events going on and the city was bumping like it is, I don't know how successful I would have been. Like mm. the fact that it was January, 2021 and like most stuff was still shut down here in New York. There weren't, people weren't going out and like partying. So I didn't really yeah. feel like I was missing out on yeah. as much. And now yeah. I know I wasn't, but anyways, my friend, he was like waiting for me to come back to drink with him. And we went out to dinner and he was like, you can just have some, I won't tell anyone. No one's going to mm. know. And I was like, mm. I'm going to know. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? Like, I'm going to know. Yeah. And so then at the end of the month, he was like, okay, ready to go out and drink? Are you ready to ready? And I was like, actually, no, like, I feel great. I'm going to see how long I can go. And I just remember the look of horror in his, in his face. Like, oh, I lost her. She's mm. not coming back. Mm. Um, but you know, and, and I, I explained that to, to clients of mine, like this back to the vibrational frequency. I, my vibrational frequency was starting to go up. Yeah. Right. And my friend, we, we had been on the same wavelength. We had been on the same frequency. His was still down here and mine was starting to move up. So we literally were not on the same wavelength anymore. Mm -hmm. And that's a scary place to be when you're unsure of everything around you. Um, but, you know, actually, so my mom, she's the one who asked, pushed me into doing dry January. And uh, so that was almost three years ago. She is, I think, 15 or 16 months uh, sober herself now. Hey, shout out to moms. Yeah, she's 64. She never had a problem with alcohol. Like I maybe saw her drunk in like three times in my whole life. Mm. She just always wanted to be healthy. She's like, yeah. I was, she was always trying to lose 10 pounds. She's like from that era. And yeah. uh, she goes to yoga every day. And I think I influenced her. And now my mom's sober too. So it. that's amazing. Um, yeah. And the, my dad, on the other hand, my parents are divorced. And um my dad and I have not really spoken in the last six months. Mm -hmm. And uh, it it is because I stopped drinking. Like our mm -hmm. whole I mean, we've never got along <laughs> before. But um, before I stopped drinking, we bonded over alcohol. And that was something that we had in common. And I would go over to he, he lives not too far from me here in New York. And I would go over for dinner and have dinner there and we would drink. So when I got sober, it was awkward because mm. I realized I really have nothing in common with my dad or my stepmom. And they drank in my face for my whole first hundred days. Like they would invite me over for dinner and put wine right in front of me and drink. And even when I told them it made me uncomfortable, yeah. uh, they still did it. Yeah. So, you know, it, it holds up a mirror to someone else's drinking. We, mm -hmm. I know that, but it was mm -hmm. still, very crazy for me to see how my decision to remove a beverage from my life, right, that is poisonous, changed my relationships with everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, I got, I, first time I shared about it on social media, I was a hundred days sober and I put up a post on my old social media and I got so many messages from people being like, 
we studied abroad in Barcelona together and I thought you were going to die. I'm so happy you're sober Wow! wow. <laughs> to other people just telling me, you know, that they were sober too. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't know why I was sharing it with everyone on social media. I was like, why am I doing this? It's no one's business. Like I, I don't need to blast this out. And I, I kind of wanted to throw up the first time I pushed post, but, um, hmm. then I, then I started hearing from people who, who related and who resonated with what I had to say. And I was like, wow, okay. This felt really good actually. Yeah. You know, maybe I should do this again. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, folks are always watching. Um, I remember when I got to the one year mark um, and I got, you know, likes and stuff like that. Okay, cool. But I didn't really think anything of it. And then friends of mine that I would hang out with, not on a regular basis, because, you know, when you get to my age, you know, when you get to your 40s, feel like everybody got kids, everyone is married. So I'm not like going out on a regular anymore. But when I would hang out, friends would approach me in, in private. They wouldn't post on my social media in private and say, I saw your post, how you've gone a year. And that inspired me so much. I haven't had a drink in a week or in a month. And it's like, oh, okay. So it's not just uh, likes and comments, but you don't know, you know, folks who don't like, who don't comment, who you don't even know, you know, you are impacting their lives. Um, so. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Actually, my, my best my best friend from college, she was just here this weekend. Uh, she got so she got sober like a month, a little maybe a month after me. And she says this to me. She's like, you did it. And she's like, it didn't the thought didn't even occur to me to not drink. Like mm. it just never crossed her mind mm. to like live a life without alcohol. Yeah. And, you know, I never thought I was going to have like a whole group of friends who were sober. Uh but having my best friend from college who like we did everything together in college yeah. and college was wild for us. Mm -hmm. um, now she's sober and mm -hmm. we went to an alcohol free rave uh, hey. on Saturday, you know, and we did all of this fun sober stuff this weekend. And we kept turning to each other on Saturday night and being like, this is so much more fun than if we were drinking or like mm -hmm. messed up. Like we were just had the best time. We were laughing our asses off. We were just like joyful and like, living in the moment and felt great and like didn't weren't drinking yeah so yeah you just never know yeah definitely you just never know um one of the things uh i know you brought up it being awkward right like uh, between your your father and you and um i know for me it was a big wake-up call when um when I was on a sober journey and I began to date and not getting like, I, I didn't realize that I was so used to drinking on dates and even drinking on a first date. Right. And it's like, yes, you have conversation, but I realized that I wasn't really getting to know people. We were just like hopping over a lot of stuff and just getting drunk and whatever happened, happened. And then, you get into a relationship and then months down the road, you're like, they've, they've changed. Like, who is this person? Then you realize I wasn't really getting to know these people. So then when you go out on dates and you're sober, 
it's so different. <laughs> I remember like one of my first times I was like, what do, what do I do? Like, what do we do? Like, we don't, you're just eating and talking. Like, this is so weird. This is so different for me. Yeah. It's taken a lot of practice that's <laughs> for sure. Cause I, when I got sober, I was married technically, technically married um, to my ex and, and I, like about a hundred days we want, I wanted to break up with him before COVID. Okay. And then COVID happened and we were like stuck together. And I say technically married because we went to the courthouse and got married. Okay. Like I didn't even tell people from Italy, not the point, but then I got, and then I was sober and I was single and I was like, had no friends left. And I was like, wait, what do I do? I don't, yeah. I, don't I don't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Um, and it actually, this is really funny, random, random tidbit of information. Um, so I am dating, I, I go on dates, but I haven't really been dating that much recently. Just, I don't know. And I went back on the apps for a little bit because I was like, oh, I need to get, I can't be like rusty. I need to keep going, getting myself out there. Rusty. So I like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I matched with someone like a few weeks ago and we've been talking. We exchanged numbers yesterday. Okay. Turns out I've already gone on a date with this person. We've already met up. <laughs> we've all, we've like, and we, we, for, he didn't live in New York. This was like, I was already sober. So this was like two years ago and he lived in Texas and then he like moved to New York. We matched and we're going on a date tomorrow. Oh, and I was just like, oh my gosh. But at least he didn't know the drunk version of me. Like that's happened yeah, yeah, where yeah, I've yeah. like matched with someone when I've been sober and I like look and we went on a date in 2015. And I'm like, oh my God, there's drunk text between me and because I don't delete anything. So mm -hmm. anyone out there listening, if you knew me, I didn't delete anything. I have the receipts. Oh wow. <laughs> but yeah, fun. no, sober dating is a whole is a whole um beast of it's in itself, that's for sure. I think it depends where you live though. It does. Uh I, I used to go, I mean, so I am not single anymore. But when I was single, um, I used to dabble on the apps. Dabble is the word I'm, I'm going to use. <laughs> and um, I had to remove myself from the apps because I'm not saying this with ego, right? But you're sober in Central Park, right? <laughs> so I've been in the fitness industry for quite some time. I've worked at so many different gyms and I've been an artist and I've done so much. And on these apps, people would know me from whatever from a show or know me from the gym and i was like yeah i can't do this like too many people know me from like other things and yeah yeah well, there's a lot of people out. here in new york you know <laughs> there's a lot of people here so i think i'm able to like hide uh somehow not at raya though on raya they have your instagram attached so i've just given up but you know, I think the I think the dating apps are also interesting. I get a lot of information from them. Like, yeah. I like hearing what people's reactions are when I'm like, "By the way, I don't drink. Is that a problem?" Uh, it also gives me, you know, content to make. Sometimes I'm like, Ugh, "This person said something crazy," but now I can make it into a real. Like, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but it's weird. And I actually I work with people a lot on that when they're in their early sobriety. First of all, I don't think anyone should date. In early sobriety. I mean, I'm not in AA and when I coach people, it's not AA, but I think that's a rule in AA for a reason. 
Uh, I think it's really easy to get caught up in a relationship. And as I know, we know like our emotions when we're in a relationship are like different than when we're single, you know, other people can have control over us in a way that's kind of scary, at least for me. So I think not dating for the first year of sobriety is really smart Mm -hmm. rule, but you know, people have needs and uh <laughs> you know it's i think it's it's hard though like i could never date someone who was a, a drinker like a bit like, someone who drank here and there fine but someone that was out getting drunk no we we just don't have that in common like i don't have there's something wrong with that person like go have fun but i'm not going to be the person for you you know yeah this is probably tmi but hey i'm going to say it anyway I remember being in hotel rooms, right? Like being on dates and stuff and being in hotel rooms and I'm here sober and the woman's breath like reeks of like wine and she's on like glass four or or five because she wants to numb the fact that she's in a hotel, right? So I get it, so no, no judgment, but just being sober, it's like, man, when I was drinking, I couldn't smell this. I I didn't tell. I wasn't able to tell. Oh, her breath, you know, reeks of the alcohol or whatever. Because I'm drunk as well. We're just enjoying it. We're not all the way present. You know, fine. Whatever happens, happens. But sober, I'm like, man, this situation feels so different. Where yeah. I see what she's doing clearly. Um, yeah, I've, I've had an experience. I've had not I mean not in hotel rooms, but. <laughs> But uh, actually, no, but this is, so I do have, you know, I have friends, right? We don't have to like, just, you know, friends. And this one friend of mine, um, the first time we we met, like he, his breath was just so like, he literally like alcohol was like seeping out of his pores mm-hmm. and he like kissed me. And I was just like, you literally taste like alcohol. Like I can't do this. Yeah. And I actually left and I, I was like, and he, I think he was like, couldn't believe I was leaving. And I was like, no, no, I'm leaving. Like, this is too much for me. Um, and now we're still friends. But uh, this person will never hang out with me after they've been drinking. And we're just friends. Like, it's never going to be more than that because, like, they drink. They like to drink. And, like, I don't. And for some reason, though, like, that really can put a barrier between you and someone else in a relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and, and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, it, I mean, I'll tell you though, having a public Instagram account where I share my deepest, darkest secrets and my sober journey, it, it hasn't helped my dating life. Let's just put it that way. Like I've had people go and stalk my page or watch all my stories and read everything about me. And it's like, well, that's not really fair. We're trying to get to know each other. And I can't do that about you. And I'm not going to do that about you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I really am of the mind. Like I'd rather just meet someone in real life out in the wild um but i also just trust the universe you know the universe has my back divine timing yeah Yeah, things are happening the way they're supposed to happen yeah so if you're listening out there this is the reason (laughs) she hasn't called you back right we all know we need our business on social media platforms and at star child social through research and planning we create converting posts and stories that attract your ideal client taking that weight off your shoulders enabling you to focus on achieving your goals for your business 
Check us out for a free consultation at www.starchildsocial.com. Starchild Social, holding your hand through this ever-changing world of social media. <laughs> oh, that's the other thing. People always ask me about sober dating and I want to talk about it, but then everyone's like, then the guys are like watching my stories and watching my content and I'm just like, oh my God. Like, oh, I don't know how to talk about this without pissing people off. <laughs> mm-hmm. it, it, it really is what it is. I was having a conversation this morning with a few people about the holidays. And I'm not going to go too deep into this, but I choose not to celebrate holidays. And um, it is hard to just share my views. And I'm not judging at all right but when i share certain things how i don't celebrate holidays and how i'm vegan it comes across to people that oh you think you're better you think oh you've changed so much and now you don't make mistakes and you're perfect and it's like no at all right i'm still trying to figure things out i just choose where i am in my journey i just choose not to celebrate holidays i just choose not to eat you know yeah well, it's funny you say that that about being vegan. So my best friend from college, I was just talking about, she's also vegan. And she's been vegan since we were in college. I don't know. So I'm used to like going to all of the vegan restaurants with her. And if you haven't had vegan food in New York City, Blaze, you're missing out. Because I had like fake chicken, fake chicken tenders. They put sugar cane as the bone. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe it. Oh, yeah. my God. So yeah. cool. Yeah. Anyways, she we were just having this conversation where it's it's like – people say similar things when you tell them you don't drink and they get so offended yeah. when you say you're vegan. Yeah. And it's like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine having to like fight all of that at the same time. And you don't celebrate holidays. Ah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. It's, uh, but you know, um, I am happy on my current journey. Yeah. Right. That's what and- matters. Yeah, I'm I'm not here. I wasn't put here on earth to please people, to please everyone. I'm really not. So if my content, if my journey offends you, that's you and your triggers and whatever, and that's cool. But I but I have to stop living like walking on the eggshells and blocking my throat chakra and my heart chakra because I don't want to offend this family member and I don't want to offend. You know, I'm just figuring it out and I'm just walking in my truth. Yeah. That's really it. Yeah. Really and that's, all, I, that's what you're supposed to do. I mean, it must feel good, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be honest, though. It's hard not to judge very drunk people. Like when I'm I'm in New York, right? So I'm, I walk my dog all the time. I live in, there's bars everywhere you go. Yeah. And sometimes on Saturday nights. I walk by, there's like a dive bar right near me. And I swear the people sitting outside aren't even speaking English. Like, like they're, they're not speaking another language. They just like, don't make any sense. And they are laughing. And I'm like, are they speaking in tongues? Like, what's <laughs> happening? And then me and my dog like run home. So I'm like, the spirits are coming. The tongues. Ah! And it, but it's, I'm I like, how it. they're not going to remember this. They don't even know what people are saying. And I'm ju- I I am judging a little bit. Is that horrible? No, I don't feel <laughs> so. It is hilarious the image of you and your dog running from the spirits. 
that is literally. actually hilarious. I'm not even being facetious. Like I've literally run home from this dive bar because I'm like, people are speaking in tongues. Like we have to get away. <laughs> it's that's why I have to separate myself, as you mentioned, from TV. When it comes to the politics, and again, I don't my intent is not for this podcast, you know, to go left. But um when you're sober, you know, me me being vegan, me being sober, it prompted me to view so many aspects of my life differently. So the way I see the, the education system, the way I see the presidents and politics, the way I see so many things has just shifted. And even more so, like in the pandemic, I was like, whoa, they done ripped off, they done took off the veil, like... Man, it's so much stuff that has been going on that I didn't see before. And again, I don't mean to judge others, but it's just like, you guys don't see this? Like, how do you not see this? And many yeah. don't. And, you know, we're all on our journeys. Yeah. No, I get that. I mean, I was always obsessed, though, with conspiracies. Like, I'm going to say conspiracies because they even they only came up with the term conspiracy to make us feel crazy. Mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. I'm not talking about political conspiracies. I'm talking about, like, you know, JFK stuff. Well, I guess that's a political conspiracy. But, you know, like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I've always been obsessed with it. I don't know why. Because I think I've always thought we were being lied to. And oh, I we never are. Trust yeah. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. uh <laughs> but it's more fun. They say, you know, the ignorance is bliss, right? Like, it's more fun when you don't know that we're being controlled and we're not getting, like, the whole truth. It's like, oh, we'll just live life. And it's like, but I actually want to know. Like, I want to know more. I don't want to walk anymore with the blinders on. Like, I want to, I go on YouTube, too, and I'm like, I type in things, and I'm like, I wonder if what I'm typing in you know, the government agencies, if they see this stuff that I'm looking at. But sure. I am curious. I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I want to know more. I want to know about the aliens. Like, is the person next to me on the bus, like, are they an alien? They could hmm. be. Don't even get me started on aliens. Okay? <laughs> like, like I could go on about aliens for days. If you follow me on Sober and Central Park, you already know. But um, I've caught a UFO on video once. I've talked to MUFON. I mean, no, I'm obsessed with aliens. But... This is not about this is about being sober. Uh, I do think that you can be questioning and you can be like thinking about this stuff before you get sober. But I think once you get once you don't have alcohol coursing through your veins, yeah. you're able to just like reach a higher level of consciousness. Yeah. Like, like, I don't know, but sometimes I feel like I can even talk to aliens. I, I could like get these downloads. I know it sounds crazy, oh. but um, I get these downloads and I just I don't know. OK, the other day. I was watching my tarot reader and she was pulling these cards at the end and they were like from one to a thousand. And I was like, let me just test my intuition. Like, I wonder if I can like guess the number of the card. So the only thing I was thinking in my head was six. I was like, but I need more of a number than six. And then a two and a seven came into my head. The first card she pulls is 27. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And the second card she pulls is six, six, six. Mm. And I was like, okay. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> this is crazy. Yeah. I was like, whoa, I, I, I really had to stop the video. And I was sitting here like, wait, do I have powers? 
don't know. Yeah, we are spiritual beings. I remember I was at a playground with the kids and I'm sitting there at the playground, but I'm a little bit away, right, on the grass. And there is this lady and she kind of has an attitude with some other lady about her kids, something about her kid touched the other kid in a way she didn't like. And then they start arguing, whatever. I'm like, all right. Yeah, yeah. And then they stop and everything's good. And in my head, I'm like, I like see that I'm going to get caught up in the mix of this. There's going to be a fight that breaks out and I'm going to leave where I am and get caught up in this argument and all that stuff. But at the current time, there was nothing going on, right? The argument happened with the some lady and some other lady and then it had stopped and that was done. And I'm thinking this in my head, no lie, not even a full minute later, my girlfriend starts arguing with that lady and I run over and I'm in the middle of it and all this is happening. And it's like, I I just saw this in my head like 60 seconds ago. Like, that's crazy. Wow. Yeah. That's so crazy. I, I'm like, man, we can actually see visions. I just say in in real time. We don't realize how powerful we are. Yeah, and we can switch. I feel like we can also switch timelines. We can jump into timelines that are super mm-hmm. close to us. Mm-hmm. I mean, didn't, I had this conversation with someone recently. I think this all also goes back to CERN, you know, with the hydrogen and particle colliders and stuff, and the Mandela effect. And I think that. That also is a big part in my whole spiritual journey, at least. Mm-hmm. And my, I don't know, my obsession with with parallel realities and parallel universes. But I mean, there's a reason that they have these like big facilities where they're pushing particles together because there's a lot we don't know, oh, <laughs> you yeah. know? Oh, yeah. And there are videos that have been erased and deleted and books that there are books that were on amazon and i feel after the pandemic you can't get it's so much harder to get certain books they're sold out they're always sold out and yeah there's some things going on (laughs) for sure for sure so back to drinking (laughs) um for someone who is listening to us talk and have this conversation um, and they drink, maybe they drink socially, uh, but they they feel something, they feel pulled in another direction or they they would like to stop, but, but it's hard and they're not really sure, should they go to the AA meeting? Should they seek a therapist? Like what direction should they take? Um, what words do you have for them? I mean, I, it's very different. Everyone has their, an individualized journey. And I, do, I don't think there is a one. I know there's not a one size fits all journey mm-hmm. for recovery. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, I do think it's important and powerful to go to an AA meeting and see if it's right for you. It's the most accessible for everybody. and But for the longest time, that was the only way that people got sober and stayed mm-hmm. sober. Yeah. And now there are other ways. Uh 
you know, I work with people who just either don't feel comfortable going to AA, maybe their town is super small, and they just like don't want to go to an AA meeting, or they've gone and they didn't have a good experience. Like there's many reasons why that. Uh, and so I work with people that want one on one coaching. Um, you know, there's a ton of sober coaches out there, there's smart recovery, there's uh, so many different online programs too, that you can be part of. Um, I think there's, there's niches too of it. So I do think going to AA though, and trying that out is important and is, is a good step first step to take, because you'll probably meet somebody there that could be your friend or could help you in another way. And maybe you'll love the meeting and, and work the steps. Um, but if it's not for you, there is a place for you somewhere else in the sober community. And, um, I would encourage you to just, you know, go online search around, contact some people, send some messages on Instagram, um, and, and you'll find your people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, quickly, would you be able to share a little bit about what you do and like your approach with your, with your clients? Uh, sure. So when I, I actually have a client in a, in a minute, <laughs> so, uh, I, what I do is I have hour long, uh, video calls every week with my clients. And then they, they work through a framework that I've created. Um, you know, I went through a certification course, um, with a bunch of other people on Instagram, actually, it was really cool. And, uh, we kind of break down limiting beliefs that we tell ourselves and we do a lot of like mindset work and working to kind of like deprogram all of the programming we've been getting from the media, from everywhere, our whole lives about alcohol. Um, and then we also work on like the hard conversations that we have to have with with friends, coworkers, the first work trip you go on, the first wedding you go to, um, having a plan for socializing. Uh, but it's it's just the general journey, right? Yeah. So I work with people for three months uh, to start because uh, I really think it takes at least 90 days to to like find your new footing in sobriety. Um, but I've had people extend with me and it, and then we WhatsApp between, it's not like, I just like talk to you and then I'm like, see you next week. No, like you got to check in with me every night at nine o'clock to tell mm -hmm. me, was it a good day? Was it a bad day? Like, mm -hmm. regardless, did you stay sober? Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I like that. I like that. So I know you have to go. Um, if anyone wants more information, how can they get in contact with you? Uh, you can send me an email, uh, soberincentralpark at gmail.com, or come over to Instagram um, and talk to me over there uh, at, at Sober in Central Park. Um, and it's an amazing community over there. I, I pinch myself every day. I'm like, hi, I, I'm so grateful to be surrounded by such amazing, kind, supportive, compassionate people. Yeah. And I never knew that existed on social media. So mm. it does. And it's awesome. And if you're listening and you need some help, you're not alone. Okay. You're not alone. And reach out if you need support to me or to someone else that resonates with you. Uh, we're here to help you. Mm, yes. Thank you so much, Rachel, for, uh, man, your experiences, for being your real self, for the laughs, for the, for the stories, just for everything. And for you answering the call and wanting more and seeking more and being a conduit for change and impacting so many people, even in the nail salon, right? <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. We will definitely be in touch. I'm sure my listeners will get so much from this pod. And um, 
be ready for possibly a, a part two, because again, there's so much to unpack. Thank you so much for having me. This was awesome. 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 This was the Blaze the Lion podcast. As I always say, peace and love.